You're on the Plants Grow Here podcast. I'm Daniel Fuller. Come along with me as we enter a hidden world of deep horticultural, ecological and landscape gardening knowledge with featured experts, industry professionals and enthusiasts. There are many different paths we can take under the umbrella of horticulture. There's landscaping, agriculture, arboriculture, nursery work, and the list goes on. One area many of us haven't considered is horticultural media. So in this episode, we're going to teach you a few trade secrets so that you can get moving into horticultural media. Our guest host is Ian Smith, whom you may remember from episode 64, Shelter Belts. And he interviews my mentor, Karen Smith, who's the editor for the best and only Aussie horticultural industry magazine, Hort Journal Australia. Even though they share a last name, they aren't related, at least as far as we know. And I also just wanted to let you know that this episode isn't sponsored. Hello, I'm the guest interviewer for today. I'm Ian Smith. And today we are here with Karen Smith. Hi, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Ian. It's a pleasure to be here. So when people normally think about horticulture, they think plants, they think dirt, they think all that sort of good stuff, but that's not what we're talking about today, is it? Uh, What what area are you in? I actually work in horticultural media, and so working in horticultural media, I suppose, traditionally uh, has meant working or making an income and working in either radio, television, print media, but today things are a little bit different because we have various ways of presenting information such as on podcasts like we're doing now or webinars, YouTube, blogs, etc. But generally speaking, traditionally, to call yourself a person working in horticultural media, it's a paid job. So it's not to say that people that are working in those other platforms are not making money. Some people make lots of money working with podcasts and webinars, et cetera, or from blogs through advertising. But yeah, traditionally, it's, it's anything really that you're presenting information to the broader community, I suppose. Okay. And, and where would you spend most of your time? I, I gather the industry's changed quite, quite significantly in the last, last decade or so. Yeah, well, I guess when I first started working with the magazine, initially, I would attend a lot of trade events. And so, you know, the networking, I would pick up on things that were happening in the industry. Also, I do get sent a lot of media releases from various organizations. And yeah, so I guess basically, I just have to keep my ear to the ground. I'm like a roving reporter, I should, I suppose you could say. But yeah, so it's just a matter of being involved, researching and finding out what's uh, what's happening in the industry. And we do have regular writers that uh, write for us. But yeah, there's always something something happening that you need to stay on top of things with all sectors of the industry, really, for what I do. So it sounds like it's quite a diverse range of skill set that you need to be in that space. What skills are required? Well, I guess if people are considering going into working in the media, they really, I think, Initially, you need to have good communication skills in the industry that that I work in, in horticulture. It's certainly uh, beneficial to have a broad knowledge of the industry because the area that I work in, we're sort of business to business, not consumer. So 
So I need to have a, a fairly broad knowledge because there's so many different sectors within the horticultural industry. You also have to have a good understanding, you know, of, of what you're communicating to people. And, and, and by having that broader knowledge, you sort of pick up on what would be of interest to my target audience, so mm-hmm. to speak. And of course, interviewing skills and research skills are, are pretty important. And, and also to have unbiased opinions because you're reporting information. It's not necessarily an opinion piece, if you, mm. if you know what I mean. So whilst I might have to write about things sometimes or interview people about things that may not be things that I think are of my own interest or if I have a different opinion on, so we could be talking about things like various chemicals or what have you, I have to be unbiased about that. And I mean, we can certainly have a certain format that we follow with working in a magazine in particular. But yeah, you've got to have a a balanced view, I suppose. A few other skills, it certainly pays to have the ability for some public speaking because I often get asked to present it at different uh, functions or conferences and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, public public speaking and and good networking skills. And, and I think it's really important to actually like people. You know, if, <laughs> if you're a natural talker, I suppose it's sometimes easy to interview people, but you also have to be a good listener too. So you've got to learn to, to listen. Otherwise, you don't, you don't learn, you know, what's new, you know, what's, yeah, okay. what, what's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So is that all just skills that you've just picked up on the job and taught yourself or how can one acquire those sort of skills? Well, I suppose from the, from, from the horticultural perspective for me, a lot of on the job experience, I've worked in, in a lot of different areas in, in horticulture. So, you know, it's certainly beneficial to, to have that broad experience because it's easy for you to, you know, pull information out of your head from your own experience. And I think that sometimes helps because it's more authentic. And I've done a lot of, you know, attended a lot of training and attended courses actually ever since I started horticulture, which is quite a few decades ago now, I've continued to upskill. And I think if you're going to get into media, you certainly need to be, well, I guess in any field, you really need to be investing in your own professional development and, and, you know, doing courses such as public speaking is really beneficial and, and getting into writing. I know when I, when I first started writing, I, I initially started writing for smaller magazines, children's magazines, uh, the local community newspaper, that type of thing. So, but I went to lots and lots of courses on on writing, creative writing and uh, non-fiction courses. Yeah, and yeah, I guess it, it's just anything that you want to improve at, it certainly pays to continually seek extra training. And, and not only that, a lot of variety of courses have different lecturers or teachers and, and they you get a little bit of something from all of them. I remember one one fellow, one class I went along to, the fellow actually wrote plays, but he was very creative and I actually learned a real lot from him about fine-tuning your work and editing it and cutting a lot out of it, you know, because you tend to write and you, 
you know, just get your information down, but then you've got to go through. And he used to say, take 50% out and you'd take 50%. Now take another 50% out and sharpen it up, you know, get to the facts, so to speak. So yeah, all, all the different writing skills from different people was beneficial. Being involved in radio as well. I, I did a little bit of talkback radio and also community radio with a garden a garden channel, you know, a garden show. So little bit of little bit of everything in the media, I suppose, if you can pick up some skills and training mm-hmm. and, and that is really handy. Yeah, it sounds like a quite a range of courses you've done. Is there anywhere in particular you look for them or you just take them as they came into your inbox or <laughs> Yes, I did belong to the New South Wales Writers Centre. They they offered a lot of things. And then my own council at one stage, in fact that was where I met the guy that did the wrote plays. They had this creative writing course and I actually got involved in it to take someone else along who was keen to to write her life history. It was an older person. But I actually got a real lot out of attending that that class. So you don't necessarily have to get into a course that's specific to your own industry. I mean, you could go and do courses in technical writing as well. So there's lots of variety of courses that you can do. But if people were wanting to get into television, for example, not that that's ever been my thing, but you know, I would I would think that certainly doing courses in presenting and public speaking and stuff would be crucial, you know. Hmm. So, but um, yeah, volunteering at, at different things is is also helpful because you meet lots of different people in your industry. You know, you tend to then get invited to do things. And, you know, if you volunteer at a, say, at a trade day to give a presentation or something like that, if people like what they hear, then you get asked to do more and it sort of just develops like that, you know. Yeah. Is, is that the main way you became involved in media? Yeah. Yeah. So because I'd been doing the courses and, and, and the writing, um, I did volunteer at a lot of industry events. So I might and I, and I did a public speaking course, so then I would offer to MC, and then you know if people like you, then I'd get asked to do other to do host other functions and that sort of thing. So yeah, I think networking is is really important if you're wanting to get into media work because you get to meet people in the know. I'm I am actually a member of the Horticultural Media Association, so you know the more you network, people are more likely to think of you when you know, they need somebody to to do a specific role in something. Do you, do you think there's any uh, line people might need to draw between volunteering and when you should start saying, no, I think I should get paid for this? Is there uh, in your mind? Yes, definitely. But it's kind of... Fuzzy. <laughs> it's really fuzzy. Yeah. It's really fuzzy. And because, you know, I know people that work in other areas and and I know myself I've I've been involved in organizing expos and we've paid really big dollars for professional speakers mm-hmm. like huge dollars and I often think to myself geez <laughs> I'm in the wrong <laughs> industry so yes there is a lot of voluntary stuff that's done and and hopefully that leads you to a paid job mm. you know okay. even you know I used to write for the newspapers and stuff but I never got paid you know, for the community stuff, I never got paid for it, but it was really good practice for me, and and it and it did sort of open up doors. So 
yeah, there, there's definitely a line. And I think if if you're a person who thinks that you know your 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 work is valuable, then you know it should be you ask. Yeah. Okay, so I, I want to be paid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what about what what else could help people if they wanted to sort of move move into this this direction? You know, to get into horticultural media. Well, certainly get involved. Get involved in your industry. I mean, I'm involved in many facets of the industry, but you you might want to target one specific area. But by being involved, as I said, that's that's part of your networking. It's it's good for your own professional development because you're meeting people who, whether they know it or not, become your mentors. And I've had a few people in my career that have been mentors to me without them even realizing it, mm-hmm. I think. And you know, if there's somebody in that industry or in that field that you admire, I suppose you you pick up on things the way they present and their you know their ethics and and that sort of thing that you you think well I'd like to be like that you know I'd like to gain that respect from people as well so yeah I think inv- invest in your own professional development which helps you increase your skills your skill sets but the networking actually opens up the doors for you and that's not not to say that you can just go to a networking event an event and think everyone's going to fall over you. You have to do the groundwork, you know, like they may not have any idea of what you're capable of producing or, or doing. So you've got to prove yourself first. So in pursuing your own professional development sort of to get to that stage, did you, how did you do that? Was that, did that involve like industry organisations? Yeah, definitely. I've always been a member of the Australian Institute of Horticulture, but since working with the magazine, we always attend certain conferences. So I'm a member of the International Plant Propagators Society, the nursery and garden industry, state bodies as well. So, you know, I've um, I've done some judging for the nursery and garden industry in New South Wales and training in education, and I've given presentations at Queensland Nursery and Garden Industry functions as well Mm. landscape association and i've emceed events for them and i'm about to do some landscape judging for them i'm a friend of the botanic gardens i was on the committee for the horticultural media association of new south wales for a while and a member of garden clubs australia as well and what else do i belong to this you know there's a few different organisations. I was the president of the Interior Plantscaping Association for a couple of years, but on the board for three years. So, you know, they're all completely different areas that I've been involved in. But for example, the International Plant Propagators, I got the opportunity to go to China and give a presentation in China. So, and, and and then they're national conferences. I've, I've given presentations at, at those as well. So, Whilst they're all completely different types of organisations, I think it's it's all part of that networking. It all comes back to getting to know people, learning a bit more about that particular field of, of horticulture. And, and, and so with the nursery and garden industry, for example, that, that takes in commercial growers or retail outlets, allied trades. So you know, there's such a variety of people 
that I've met since I've been working in the horticultural media. It's kind of given me opportunities that I would never have imagined if you'd have asked me 15 years ago, you know, or you'll be doing, you know, you'll be working as an editor of a magazine and you'll get these opportunities. I, you know, I could never have imagined that, but I feel that by investing in my own professional development, it's helped me sort of climb up the ladder a little bit to do those things, to to be around and available to take those opportunities, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Is there any centralised area where, how do you find your relevant industry organisations? Is there um, anywhere that you go particular or you just pick them up over time? Uh, well, I guess because of the magazine, we cover a broad range of the of the industry and, and I guess always searching for something a little bit different to bring into them to keep the magazine relevant. I'm continually searching, you know, like so I can go to any botanic gardens pretty much now or particularly all the major ones and some of the smaller ones. I try to go to a botanic gardens everywhere I go, whether it's in Australia or overseas. But, I, you know, I could pretty much email beforehand and say, well, I'm coming to your botanic gardens. Can you show me around? And, and, and that wouldn't be a problem, you know. So I've met people all over the country in different sectors because, you know, botanic gardens is one sector of Court Journal magazine, you know, that we include in it, that we have regular representation. We go to landscape conferences as well. So, yeah, just pretty much anything to do with green life. Arboriculture, I've been to arborist conferences as well. So I guess for some people they may want to focus on one particular area, but it certainly helps when you've got that broad knowledge. I wouldn't say I'm an expert at really anything, but I am But I have a broad knowledge. You know, some people make their focus all about a species of plant, you know, mm. that they become an expert in Talansias, for example, and they may very well produce beautiful books or, you know, go on radio or TV shows just focusing in that one area and they become absolute experts in their area. Whereas with my role with the journal, I need to be more broad than that. Hmm. When you're interacting with all these sort of experts and you're trying to be broad. Yeah, it does make me feel a bit pathetic sometimes. It makes you realise how much you don't know, I can tell you, because, (laughs) you know, these people are so passionate about what they do and it's just fantastic. I love that. I absolutely love it when I meet someone who's so passionate about what they do and I certainly do interview a lot of people like that. And, you know, I sort of feel, oh, my God, I just it just makes me realise how much I don't know. And yeah, so it it can be a little bit intimidating, but then, you know, I'm there to find out the information. So I'm relying on them to share all that wonderful knowledge that they have. And I'm absolutely blown away by the knowledge that some people have. They're just absolutely incredible. It's wonderful, actually. Well, with large amounts of knowledge and top writing skills, often awards follows. What do you think about awards in the industry? Well, I've judged a lot of awards, you know, for and one thing that I've noticed, like one year I judged retail garden centres and I've got to tell you, it makes people lift their game and broader than that, they actually raise the bar for everybody because they're continually making improvements and fine-tuning their business. So, I mean, that's just one example with retail garden centres. They have it for uh, commercial nurseries as well and awards for, you know, 
plant breeding or uh, photography, all sorts of things. Like in the Hort Media, we have a range of awards. It could be for a TV show. It could be for developing a beautiful website. So, so it does, awards make people think outside the square and, and take their business to another level. So definitely worth applying if you're as a, as a company. I think so. Like you imagine if, you know, you have a a business and you apply for a ward and they're coming out to judge you, you are going to make sure that everything is working efficiently, professionally, and, and it doesn't really matter what kind of business it is. It makes you look at your business and, and make it work efficiently. So, you know, looking at some of the photography awards, if you went back in time, you might you know, look at some and think, oh yeah, they were they were good at the time. But now with the with the technology that people have at hand, you know, I guess they're editing the photos a bit, but you know, sometimes they're judged on the raw quality too. But people start doing things differently. And then of course people copy that down the track, but there's always someone that's one step ahead. Mm-hmm. And and so I think for the industry generally, it helps to make improvements, make businesses efficient, make them a beautiful place to go. Like look at some of the garden centres today and it's an experience to go there. You walk in and you just feel good because everything's merchandised beautifully. You know, some of the great, really good nurseries have fabulous staff that, that know how to treat their customers and make that experience a beautiful experience. So I think that awards... If we never had them, things would probably just stay the same. So mm. that's why I think it's it's important. What about nominating for an award as an individual as opposed to a company? Yes, I've actually nominated someone for an award. I can't tell you who that is because I'd have to silence you <laughs> and because the awards haven't come up yet. But this particular person that I have nominated for an award, I think has gone beyond what many people would do and what he's contributed to the industry is amazing. Mm. And he's one of those people that gets focused on something and becomes a true expert. And I hope he wins because, you know, I I just think, and it's also an acknowledgement of, you know, I mean, even if he doesn't win, he's been nominated. So it's an acknowledgement for the work that he's done. And I think that's important as well. And yeah, so, and there's lots of different organisations have awards, not all, but the bigger ones usually do. I mean, I think about the landscape awards and landscape design and, and landscape architecture, the, the, the gardens are unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, the designs, they just get bigger and better. Yes, yeah. the, the competition in human nature to uh, one-up someone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. I guess it is. But using different materials. It, in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't, always, doesn't always have to be the garden that's had the most dollars spent on it. Mm, you absolutely. Know, I, I, I've judged council garden awards and the passion that, that's gone into some of those gardens is, is amazing, really. So nice to see. And speaking of which, has anyone in your team been a recipient of an award? Yes, we have. We've had people win awards for photography and articles, and I myself this year won an award. And, oh, uh, congratulations. I've, yeah, I've won a couple of awards over the years. So, 
and I, you know, it is just a nice recognition of the work that you've done. But yeah, I think I think all organisations should do something along those lines, whether it's an award or if it's just a recognition. Sometimes of it could be your small team, and you know, I've I've nominated people in our magazine lots of times for awards. So even if they if they get it or they don't, it's just the acknowledgement that I think they're worthy of that. You know. And mm. I think that that's a good thing. Everyone likes to be rewarded. And look, it could be like in the old days when I worked in a nursery, if you worked hard all week, the boss would buy pizza on a Friday. So that's that's a reward, isn't it, <laughs> in itself? Probably so, won't look good on a resume. No, but, it wouldn't uh, look, that go- look that good, you know, that my, you know, managed to get Friday pizza. But <laughs> yeah, so look, it's just, I think it's about recognition and raising the standards all round for, for everyone. So, and, and really some of the plant breeding that's out there, the work that people are doing with plant breeding and, you know, I was uh, interviewing some people recently from uh, the Melbourne Botanic Gardens and what they're doing with conservation and rare endangered plants, you know, that, that deserves recognition. You know, they're mm. doing a good thing for the environment and, yeah, so, you know, and those, the people that I interviewed, they were just so passionate. It was just a delight to interview them. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So what do you like most about working in horticultural media? Oh, there's lots of things I really like about working in, well, horticulture generally, but horticultural media in particular is I really meet a lot of interesting people, really interesting people that are doing, like I said, I, I go into lots of different areas of horticulture and it could be in outback Australia, out in the, you know, out in central Australia or up in the Northern Territory or down in Tasmania or Western Australia, North Queensland, all over the country, the people that I've met has been really wonderful. And there's a lot of characters that work in horticulture, particularly older people that have been working in the industry a long time and they they share their knowledge and and in fact with the international plant propagators i one of the things i love about their conferences is that their philosophy is seek and share so you may part of the you might go on one of the tours with the conference to a commercial nursery and you know everyone there that's coming along is all, is all their competition they're all other nursery owners and they might say oh you know one guest might say oh, you're growing that particular plant there. Gee, I've struggled with that to get that, you know, to grow. And they say, oh, well, what I do is I use this technique and I use this product and so on and and share their information. And I think, how many other industries would do that? I, I that, that kind of really makes me proud to be in the industry because I think, you know, these people could want to keep all that information to themselves and not share it, but they just don't think like that. And you know, there's interesting businesses, different lots of businesses I've I've been to. So for me, it's I'm constantly learning and discovering something new. So that once again is part of my professional development. I get to travel a lot, and yeah, just being involved, I I thoroughly enjoy it. I, you know, it's a funny thing. People always say, "Oh yeah, but don't go in into horticulture for the money," but. I think people who work in horticulture get a lot more out of life than thinking about money. Mm. We need money. I'm not. We all like to have money, and we all like to have nice things and eat well and and travel and do all those things. But 
you I couldn't put a dollar value on on what I have gained working in the media as far as meeting people and I mean that would not suit everybody it's not everyone's cup of tea it just suits me yeah that all sounds fascinating so what advice would you give to anyone wanting to get into horticultural media I would say find a mentor be really active in your industry get involved meet people because that's how you will be invited to do things and I'm a great believer in giving back so I try to mentor younger people coming in because I've I've benefited a lot from working in the industry that I like to help younger people coming in or you know people are thinking about going into the industry into the media you know and and give them a bit of a a foot up I mean had I not been working in media I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet you Ian <laughs> or Daniel from Plants Grow here so you know you just think constantly every year I'm meeting new people, learning new things. And so I think if young people are, or anyone, don't necessarily have to be young, but young and young at heart, young and young at heart, uh, wanting to get into Hort Media, that, that would be my advice. Find a mentor, get involved and yeah, be prepared to have a go and invest in yourself. And if there's one thing you'd like everyone to know, what would that be? Oh, that's a tricky one. Okay, if there was one thing that I would say to people about moving into Hort Media, contact the Horticultural Media Association Australia, HMAA, um, have a chat to a few people there. And because, as I said, there's lots of different sectors, but that would be a good place to start go to the Hort Media Association Australia. Okay, thank you. That's given us a different side of horticulture that many people may not have thought of. So thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Getting into media isn't for everybody. It's a very different skill set to working out in the field. However, some of the things you've learned in your horticultural career will help you. If you're interested in starting a new phase of your career in horticultural media, connect with me on LinkedIn by Google searching LinkedIn Daniel Fuller Plants Grow Here. Or check the show notes, of course. If you'd like to hear more from Ian, go to episode 64, Shelter Belts. And if you'd like to hear more from Karen, head to episode 69, Connecting the Horticultural Industry, and episode 71, Growing and Selling Herbs. Next week, I'll be releasing a sponsored episode with Hort Journal Australia, about the plastic pot problem. It'll be released next Sunday afternoon, ready for the Monday morning commute.